Welcome to the Skull Splitter Dice Podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. Visit us at SkullsplitterDice.com for the best D&D dice in the realms. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, everyone. I'm Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice here with another 5e guide, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite races, the dwarves. The dwarves are a hardy bunch that combine the wisdom that can only come through centuries of life with the exuberance of a folk that's highly associated with mountains, mines, and pretty bad weather. Dwarves are known for being shrewd merchants, fierce warriors, and among the best friends you could possibly ask for, or the bitterest of enemies that will carry a grudge with them until the grave and long after, depending on who you are. There's a lot to love about this race, and while they definitely lean towards the martial side of things, if you know the right details about them, you can come up with some interesting combinations in terms of race and class, and you're also offered a bunch of role-playing opportunities. Dwarves are boisterous, they're wise, and they can go berserker in battle, and they're often known for exuding all three of those things at the same time. It's just kind of the fun of playing a dwarf. Let's have a quick overview of the Dwarvish race. They can stand anywhere between 4 and 5 feet tall, and they're a little bit stout when it comes to their build. And since they're on the shorter side of the medium size, they have a movement speed of 25 as opposed to 30. While they age at about the same rate as humans, dwarves can live up to about 350 years old, meaning that they're considered young during that first half century. They also will typically align with a lawful alignment, considering the fact that they cherish family and community more than anything. Dwarves believe that fair and just order is obtained through balanced laws that give benefits to all. And because of this, you will typically find that kingdoms and towns and even small villages within Dwarvish society are very well run and extremely efficient. In terms of stats, dwarves have a plus two to constitution, which means over time they are going to be able to get more hit points and be better in battle. They also have a natural resistance towards poison damage and have an advantage on all saving throws that involve poison. They're also naturally intelligent when it comes to things like stonework and stone cutting, meaning that they have a proficiency bonus when rolling for those things. Oh, and they also have dark vision, which allows them to see well in the dark, obviously. As for a dwarf's physical traits, like I said, they are a little bit stout in terms of their build, so they weigh anywhere between 160 to 220 pounds. And as for their eyes and hair color, basic spectrum that humans have. Red, brown, black, blonde for hair, and in terms of eyes, hazel, brown, green, and blue. Now let's discuss dwarvish sub-races, of which you have two to choose from. The Hill Dwarf and the Mountain Dwarf. Dwarves who come from the hills have a reputation for deep, reliable intuition, strong senses, and an unparalleled resilience. This intuition is rewarded with a plus one to wisdom, and the hardiness is rewarded with a plus one to HP, and another plus one to your HP every time your character levels up. This makes them a pretty obvious choice for a tank, since they'll be able to soak up a whole bunch of damage, and that wisdom can make a huge difference depending on what type of class you pick for your character. Dwarves who come from the mountains, on the other hand, tend to be a little bit taller than their hill dwarf counterparts. Unfortunately, this does nothing to improve your speed. They also get a plus two to strength and are the only race that have a racial proficiency in armor, light and medium specifically. Now let's talk about the importance of dwarvish names. While many races have pretty interesting backstories and points to how they form their names, dwarves are particularly unique. 
Dwarves aren't given a name so much as granted one by the elders of their clan. This is a very long-held tradition, and as such, it's pretty much a given that when you talk to a dwarf, they are using a name that has been around in their clan or in history for a very long time. If for some reason a dwarf misuses their name or brings shame upon their clan, they can actually lose that name, and that name is banned from being used in the clan ever again. Pretty extreme if you ask me. This gives some really intriguing potential as a character who may not have a traditionally dwarf name. This can be a subtle hint for anyone who's paying attention, and a DM could easily infuse this into a story where a dwarf was wrongfully banned or even framed for something. So it's pretty obvious that dwarves are natural fighters. With their bonuses to strength and constitution, it's clear that a lot of players are going to go the dwarf route when they're looking to boost their fighter or barbarian. And this is a good strategy, as they're perfectly suited for those classes, especially the sub-race options that you get. With the mountain dwarf, you get that extra strength, and you also have some armor proficiencies right off the bat. And in terms of the hill dwarf, you're able to soak up damage and gain more HP over time. A really strong build for a hill dwarf would be the Path of the Totem Barbarian, since they get that plus 2 to constitution, as well as a d12 hit point die and plus 1 to your HP every level. Get the tough feat for an extra plus 2 to your HP every level, and you are looking at a scary combination. Monks are also an interesting choice for a Mountain Dwarf specifically because of that plus two to strength. Monks are able to choose between dexterity or strength in their attack rolls, and you can definitely see how this would be useful. Not to mention, the idea of a Dwarf turning into a Monk or becoming a Monk at some point in their life is just really good potential for storytelling and character building. There are definitely some classes that fit the Dwarf better than others. The martial classes that we've mentioned are obviously pretty good, like the Barbarian, Fighter, and Monk, but on top of that, the Paladin would be a good fit because of their lawful alignment and because they would definitely be dedicated to a cause like that. You would just need to level up your Charisma in some regard. You could also play a Cleric if you level up and commit to Wisdom enough. I really only advise against picking a Caster class for your Dwarf, as they're not really cut out for it. You could potentially be a fighting warlock type of build, especially since your constitution allows you to level up and soak hits during those early levels. All that said, this is D&D, and you can do whatever you want, and if you're dedicated to playing a caster class with your dwarf character, might I recommend the Mountain Dwarf Sorcerer or Wizard. Admittedly, this is going to depend heavily on what type of campaign you're running and what type of DM you have, as this is a very non-optimized build, but fun nonetheless. You're going to need a high roll in either Intelligence or Charisma to make it work, but if you have it, the chances for mischief are nearly endless. And on top of that, you have a racial proficiency in armor, meaning that you're able to wear armor as a spellcaster with no penalties. There are obviously more ways to customize this and to improve upon it, but the idea of just being able to play a caster class that can soak up damage is something that a lot of early level players are going to appreciate. One quick question I want to answer before we wrap this video up is, are all dwarves Scottish? Typically when you see them depicted in popular media, dwarves will have a Scottish or an Irish accent, and I can assure you that they don't have to be that way. I would even say that it's a good opportunity for a DM to throw a curveball at their players by having them speak in a Swedish accent or an Australian accent. It would also just give you more variety to work with. You don't have to have them talk like a Highlander though, that is absolutely not the case.
In short, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, you already know why I love dwarves, and that depiction of dwarves specifically. But I think the beautiful thing about this race, and indeed a lot of races that got their start in Tolkienish fiction, is that they've managed to shake off a lot of the sort of stereotypical tropes about them. And in the process, players have had to really work to come up with original characters that suit them, and don't remind us of the dwarf we've come to know and love. And I think that's why I get so excited every time one of my players comes to the table with a new dwarf character. I know it's not just going to be Gimli Part 2. And part of that is because they've been around for so long. But the other part of it is because, mechanically speaking, you can do a whole lot with these characters. And their lore gives you a ton of chances for interesting roleplay and backstory. Thank you guys so much for watching this video. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe. We put out new videos like this every week. My name is Patrick Ferguson with Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.